You are listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm in your web browser to find more dope-ass podcasts like this. Now on to the show. Hi, friends, and welcome back to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. I'm Kevin. I curate this space, and I'm glad to be back with you. I have a couple of announcements before I get into who my guest is today. By the way, it's Josh uh, from The Local Heretic on TikTok and all social media platforms. He is brilliant, and we're going to talk today about letting go of hell, um, about being a coach, about like learning how to move beyond the fears that keep us stuck either in those churches or in those places where we're just like feel disconnected from love itself. But before we get into that, I want to give you some announcements. The Queer Kin Weekend Retreat is coming up August 17th through the 20th in uh, near Knoxville, Tennessee at the Seven Springs Retreat Center. I am leading it. I would love to be with you there. It's going to be two and a half days of deep practice, sound bath, going in the forest, you know, just doing that really awesome, delicious shit you've always wanted to do. Um, with your queer kin. It's a, t- it's a time that we're gonna spend really intentionally exploring what is it to do spirituality beyond the binary? What is it to be a spiritual person or um, a person who follows any sort of path outside of the strict norms and binaries that religion and churches have had us in for so long? The deadline is going to be the 30th of July. That's the 30th of this month, so that's less than two weeks. So if you want to reserve your spot, there are 14 beds available and 14 camping spots. I would love to see you there. Please DM me with any questions, and I will see you out there, beloved. You can go to thekevingarcia.com retreat to get your tickets and get signed up, and that'll be that. Okay, today's guest. He actually doesn't have a bio anywhere on the internet, um, and so I'm just going to let him introduce himself when we get on the pod. His name is Josh Kaiser. His handle is at the local heretic on TikTok and, and Instagram. Go follow him right now. He, like me, makes a whole lot of deconstruction content. And he, like me, is also a kind of a spiritual deconstruction coach, helping people unpack the beliefs that are keeping you held back from the bowl, like from really living your fullest life. Um, it's It was really, really fun talking to him because... I feel like for so many of us, we're searching for what comes after Christianity or we're searching either that or we're searching for a way to continue to stay Christian or stay spiritual without having to hold on to the toxic religion of the empire or the the, the religion of our families. He's one of those people that I really, really like. Healthy dude, healthy man. So yeah, go ahead, grab yourself something to drink and enjoy this conversation with my new internet friend, Josh Kaiser, the local heretic. Do 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 do. <laughs> Enjoy y'all. Hey goons, welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution. It's Kevin. I'm having a weird morning, and you can probably hear it in my voice. Um, and But that doesn't matter. Do you know why? Because we have our coffee, mm. we have our weed, and we have our dog here in the corner, and we also have a new internet friend, Local Sensation. sensation. Um, AK, <laughs> I would say that you're a local sensation. I mean, if you're on the FYP, so. that's local, Makes right? Sense. Yeah. 
Coming to a, uh, an FYP near your TikTok, it's the local heretic. Uh, you don't I don't know to. your last name, Josh. But it's my new <laughs> internet friend, Josh. That's fucking right. I don't need to know your last name. Because people out there will... Yeah, will, yeah. You know, well, people. I don't. I, I personally don't like my last anyway. name. My last name is Kaiser, and it just sounds like the villain in any you know ah, any movie. So. Kaiser, Kaiser, Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, Josh, I'm so glad that you were just down to say hello and hang out with me on a podcast and talk to me, even though like hell yeah, don't bro. Know each other I mean, all. it's funny because like on the internet, like you're right, we've never talked ever, but I feel like I know you. Uh, my mm. wife has read your book. I have to confess, right. I haven't read your book. I'm so sorry. She oh, she shit. loves it. She she was oh, please. losing no, her goddamn okay. mind when you DM me. I was like, guess who just DM me? She's like, <laughs> fuck. And I was like, I know, man. <laughs> like my um, it's it's kind of that way. My uh, my boyfriend. We both have like this celebrity crush on mm. an internet cook named yeah, yeah, Carla yeah. Lolly Music. Um, she was like formerly with Bon Appetit and like is now just kicking ass. And we cook, we actually Hell make yeah. recipes from her cookbook. And uh, one day I just DM'd her. I was like, hey, me and my boyfriend <laughs> are having a debate. What's your sign? And she's like, oh, I'm a, a very vicious oh, Leo. Nice. And she I'm responded. like, I knew yeah. it. Um, <laughs> to you, exactly. To me. And he's like, and he said, yep, what the exactly. fuck? <laughs> and I was just like, Kind of a you big know, deal. No big deal. It's called, called favor. Oh, whoa. It's, it's called, called favor. favor yeah, all right. That's true. Come on, Come on now. I'm ready to get my money. For, what is it? <laughs> I, listen, here's hoping. Um, I'm here to recruit, recruit you to my cult. Um, just joking. Um, I, I, I have a, I have a, a standard we'll for joining out. cults. There has to be blood sacrifice, like real, not just like historical, yeah. real blood sacrifice. If, if you do that, then I'm in. I mean, like it's there is, but it's this going maybe this is a little TMI, but like there's some women who are like in my circle who like on mm-hmm. their menstruation time will put their menstruation mm-hmm. blood like, like on the stone on the altar as part of their offering, yeah. and I'm like sick. My wife does that absolutely. So I think we would get along. Well, is what I'm. Is, <laughs> this is what I'm hearing is that we should be friends in real life. <laughs> yes. Um, there's so to cut to the chase a little bit. Well, first, um, I'd love to know a how do you introduce yourself to people <laughs> these days, and uh, yeah, let's start with there. How do you introduce yourself to people? Yeah, these it really days? depends on the person. Like if you, <laughs> if you right, know, like, <laughs> this is assuming that they're not an uh, asshole and they're not going to try to convert you or they're not like you know they're generally like well-rounded. Uh, run-of-the-mill yeah, person yeah. okay got it yeah no no extreme no in any extreme. direction okay that's that's good that's a good you know base to to go from so anyway i would normally say you know I'd be like, my name's josh um i am deconstruction coach on tiktok i also and... uh am a father of six i have six kids my wife and i used to be uh foster parents Whoa. and we adopted uh some so cool that's how we got to six um and Word. Word indeed, uh, and then yeah, and then I'm, I'm a husband. That's what I. That's what I do. So, husband, father, deconstruction coach. coach. Yes, <laughs> bane of the evangelicals' um, uh, existence. Yeah, bane of the evangelicals, and also suspect of all deconstructing yes. people. Yes, yes, because I'm uh, I'm in the same boat of like this. The, I occupy like similar mm-hmm. waters, um, and it's really because like I, I started off like working specifically in activism work trying to like convert churches to being yeah. better 
And then when I realized that that's a foolhardy thing, yeah. like I moved from that. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a pastor in like the traditional sense. And then as I was getting trained to be a pastor, like getting my MDiv, my first year there, I was just like, no, nope. <laughs> hard pass. None of this, <laughs> none of this. Yeah. And I switched my degree to a master's of arts in practical theology mm. and then just began studying and studying like what online ministry was. Mm. And then I realized I don't want to do ministry. I just want to, <laughs> you know, teach people how to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, but, that's a really, honestly, a really uh, important skill to have. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah, I, we do it all the time. I was in church as long as I was for a similar reason. It was like, man, I just want to change this from the inside. Everything is really sick and twisted here. And I just want to do my best to steer it in another direction. And uh, got fired for that. So I was like, oh, that was a real like eye opener. It's like, they isn't, the, don't isn't want the mind it. fuck of mind fucks? Mind fuck of mind fucks, indeed. Yes. It's like, and it like, they always talk. Like, it's like, I don't know, it was probably similar for you, but it's just like, you know, we're a family here. Mm-hmm. You know, families mm-hmm. sometimes fight. Mm-hmm. We really are working for, and, and then like, Eventually, it's just like, nah, this is a business. Mm-hmm. You're causing problems for the business, yep. and you got to go. Like major tithers have have an issue with your stance on X, Y, Z. Yep. Also, I don't know if you ever, like, did they ever use, like, sheep metaphor? Oh, all the time, yeah. <laughs> and and also, I'm just like, these are from, I found out years and years and years later. I'm sh- Did you hear, like, it's just like, you know, a shepherd will, like, break the leg of the sheep, so they have to be reliant on the shepherd. I have heard that, yeah. <laughs> And then you also hear it's like sometimes if there's a sheep that's just on me, you got to take it out and shoot it before it gets the never, other one. Never heard that one. Uh. <laughs> I, I checked in. I checked in with an actual shepherd, uh-huh. and they said that is psychotic yeah. and, wrong. and wrong. Because if you break a sheep's leg, you have to carry it. A sheep is heavy. Yeah. I've, I one of my and favorite. And also, TikToks. I'm just like, go ahead. I'm just like, and if you shoot a sheep, that doesn't do anything besides just being one sheep down. Right. Now you have food for like a month and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And now if mm-hmm. the way I eat, honey, I'm so hungry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It lasts, it lasts two days at my house tops. So I got six kids. I already said that. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, I was going to say so one of my favorites. Go ahead and uh, take out TikToks. Take out two of those sheets. Just take, yeah, there you go. That's, that's what it takes to feed my family. Uh, no, one of my favorite TikToks is like watching, uh, have you ever seen those like sheep herding dogs and they like, it's very satisfying how they move all of the sheep in like this one direction and you can see them all. And it's like, if you're going to break a sheep's leg, like it's, a, you're exactly right. You have to go out into the field then. You can't let your dog do it for you. It just seems ridiculous. But yeah, none of these bitches have ever like, most of these like mega church pastors who are using this like whole shepherd thing. I'm just like, y'all have never had a, a hard day's labor in your yeah, life. Exactly. Like I grew up to a goat farm. Nice. In the fucking country. We had a piggly wiggly. Piggly wiggly. That's how country I am. <laughs> people don't know shit about shit about how about people out here is like talk about like tit, like, you know, good soil. I'm just like, you ain't never gardened. You shop at Whole Foods. <laughs> yes. Yeah. in your Mercedes. Sorry. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very feisty this morning. Mm, feisty is <laughs> my favorite color, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, so um, specifically, like I wanted to like hop on here with you and talk about uh, what did you put it? Uh, the the evangelical fetish for violence. Yeah, violence fetish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think it kind of goes back to this thing is like go, comes back to the reality, like when your entire theology is built around a god or a father who would intentionally because it's it's not just that like that the romans 
you know, crucified Jesus, the man. It was that a father killed his son on our behalf. Right, right. Like, that's what's... And so it, was just, <laughs> it makes sense in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, all the other violent things that America deals with and all the other violent things that, uh, that we allow within our culture it stems from the fact that we believe that God is inherently violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, if God would kill his son, like, we should just be okay. Just get over it. Be fine. Right. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to hop on here with you. Like, when you, when you talk about the evangelical violence fetish, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. I feel like sometimes, because I made several videos on this, and a lot of evangelicals will hop on, and they're like, what the fuck? Like, what do you, they don't say what the fuck, but you know what they mean. Uh, they're like, what? Yeah, they say, what the what F? The F, what the fudge uh, could you possibly mean? And it sounds overblown, I think, to people who are steeped in it. You know, like how a, a fish, like, just, does, do fish even know that water exists? They're, that's all around them. Yeah. They don't know it. The old man fish comes up and says, isn't the water nice today? And the two younger fish say, what the fuck is water? Exactly, exactly. And so when you're steeped in this culture, you just, you don't even recognize it. But on the outside looking in, it becomes incredibly, incredibly obvious. Uh, so it is in worship music. One of the uh, churches that was really, or sorry, the uh, songs that was really popular uh, right before I left the church was a song called Defender. Um, and it's, oh, yeah. yeah, it's like in the first verse, she's singing this, like, it's a beautiful melody. It sounds so pretty. But the words are, you come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. It's like, what? It, it feels like, a, you know, the disc scratch, like, Whoa. You know? <laughs> I need y'all to, like, go watch this video because, like, the way that my jaw just dropped was. Yeah, dude. Well, I remember, so when I was a pastor, we were singing this song, and I, and we had this, like, specific staff meeting where I told the worship leaders, like, hey, can you just do something different? Like, for that, just that line. Just rewrite that line. And they never did. <laughs> I'm just, like, because, like, it's one of those things I'm just – Again, this is like worship leaders who sing things like that, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm just like, y'all have never faced real violence. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all yeah. have never experienced what, like, you know, have any of y'all ever gotten beat up? Right. Like, have any of you gone home with a black eye and a bloody nose? Yeah, I really don't think like, so. <laughs> and I feel, no, I feel like not maybe they were the ones giving the black eye and the bloody nose. So and, of course, the, and that's why they feel so comfortable singing, mm-hmm. you come home with the head of my <laughs> The head of my enemy. And it's one of those things I'm just like, we're just singing the Bible, though. Right. We're <laughs> just singing what's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's like, it's in that's a great example of it in worship songs, but it's all, all throughout worship songs. It's in uh, the pulpits and preaching. I think we've all seen mm-hmm. that clip of, uh, I think it was a pastor in Texas calling for all, all gays to be shot, quote unquote. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Lined up, exactly. Lined up and that's shot. That's right. That's right. Lined up and shot. Yeah, uh, it's from J- John MacArthur, who is a uh, you know very influential evangelical voice, uh, who who had a, a woman in his congregation say that her husband was abusing her and her kids, and she he told her to go back yeah. to him. When she left him, he exercised church discipline on her, and promoted him into a ministry. He later got arrested for this, tried, convicted, is in jail doing prison ministry for John MacArthur because he still supports him. Yeah, so it, these things... So he's things, arrested for doing something illegal. Quite. <laughs> and quite illegal mm-hmm. and abusive and is now in prison but doing ministry on John MacArthur's behalf. Prison ministry. 
while in minis- in while in prison. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, "What's your ministry like?" <laughs> he's, I'm just trying to recruit more people to the patriarchy, I guess. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? More white supremacists, so when we get out of here, we can really. That's you know that's really that's their real problem is most of them are in jail. If they could just get out of jail, man, they would they mm. would really do an insurrection. <laughs> this is what is so like fucking scary to me in some ways. Like, where do you live in the world? I'm in Ohio. It, don't mind me asking. The the wonderful uh, shape, heart shaped state of Ohio. Yeah, yeah. So you probably know, like you know like anti queer stuff there is not much better right. than it is here. Right. Like the only reason Georgia hasn't gone belly up completely is Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, but like, uh, it, it just it just makes me. So it, like there's a, there's moments where I'm just like I am fearful to go out like yeah. on a Friday night to go out to like my usual clubs or go out to like you know the drag show I'm just like because what if and it's just like yeah. and they'll all say oh you can't blame all Christians for this thing <laughs> you know no I've never done a violence towards a gay before <laughs> <I hate> violence. <laughs> I've never done the violence towards a gay. Uh, I don't even know a gay. <laughs> right. Yeah, they probably don't. <laughs> Unless it's their kid. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's just like everyone says, oh, you, there's no one gay here. I don't know anybody gay. And I'm just like, hello. <laughs> Hi. And also, it's just like nobody, th- I don't know how nobody thought I was gay, but like <laughs> in Christian church, if you say you're not gay, like that's, word is bond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They believe you because why would you be sinning? Right, especially with that despicable sin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but like that, all of that violence comes from like the church's like uh, marriage to, you know, American war machines. Yes. You know? Yes. And uh, it's deeply rooted in white supremacy. I think we've seen that very, very clearly in the January 6th insurrection because you Mm -hmm. have all of these conservative pundits talking about white replacement theory, uh, the idea that uh, whites are losing their influence and their power in the United States. And they have tried praying about it. They've tried having worship services about it. They tried doing church (laughs) evangelism about it. And they tried having a revival in Asbury for. Exactly. And nothing has increased their power and influence. And so they feel like the church, the statistics on the church in America is it's on a very steep downward slope for, for, Mm. for these very good reasons. And so they can't have their normal spiritual tools to fix that. And so what they then do is they storm the Capitol on January 6th. They uh, have signs while they're doing it that say John 316 and Jesus saves while they're building a gallows for their guy, Mike Pence. Right. So like their Mm -hmm. response to the, the idea that they're losing their power is to then resort to violence. And because of that, I think what's what we really are seeing in America right now is the the lowering of the threshold for violence. Because like we all have mm. we all we all have a threshold for violence. Like if you're I'm not going to hit you, but if you're hurting my kid, I might. Uh, you know, like if you are attacking me, I might fight back. We all have a threshold at which we will then participate. Um, but in evangelical spaces, when they talk about these things, what they're doing is they're lowering the threshold. They're saying that these people belong to a belong to a generation of wickedness. You know, uh, th- these are the culture, the woke people who are who are destroying our culture and our country, right? And because mm. of that, they're just they're 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 stacking up evidence 
um, against people that they see that are against them. And because of that, the verdict and the judgment is that they can then treat people poorly like that with violence. I mean, poorly is an understatement of the century. But right. it's, really, it's a really uh, toxic and terrible brew. And I think that, like, I, I think that we can see this in the news and what's happening mm-hmm. recently. But I think we're only going to see, unfortunately, more of this. Because that's the yes. only tool they feel they have left. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, yeah, it's like, I was thinking about this like in, in terms of, I'm not a parent myself, I just read a whole lot about parenting. Yeah. <laughs> being, enough, being a gay uncle, I gotta know how to like, Hell yeah. help my brothers out because there's no offense to you cis het men out there, but sometimes y'all need help. None taken. You know? <laughs> um, and see, also, that is the correct response right there. All you cis het men out there, take notes. Why is it hard to receive criticism, critique. man? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, the, I think, oh, we could go on a whole tangent about that. We certainly could. Back me up real quick. My ADHD took me away. Yeah. Oh, you were talking about uh, reading parenting books. You're not a parent, but. Yes, um, but yeah, how a parent who resorts to violence does not feel that they have any tool left in their at their disposal. Yeah, and a lot of times it's because the parent before them didn't have any, didn't feel they had tools at their disposal. And like you go back, I'm like, yeah, most of America was built. I mean, like, you know, most of it by you know American slavery of black individuals, right. and then during the Industrial Revolution and like Reconstruction like truly like using race as a tool to divide Mm -hmm. and then all, but also keeping everybody in the working class or like, and then like maybe making everybody believe that there could be some kind of middle class until what was, you know, until everything started shifting around, like, you know, when the kind of around Vietnam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When people said, okay, so like we're, like we're ready to have equal rights again. And then they just said, okay. And then they just kept pulling them further and further apart. It was like, hey, we, we need health care. And they said, okay. And then they just, we're going to do it this time, Joe Byron. Joe Byron, here we go. <laughs> also, fucking Joe Byron. Uh-huh. Everybody, go Google the Willow Project and get involved in some sort of local action because they're about to drill Alaska. And it's, that's, I'm going to tell you, that's the nail. That's the nail in the coffin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think that that really terrified. Well, I think you should be because like this is only increasing our footprint here on the earth. It's only making it worse. And I think that that also is tied to the the evangelical violence fetish to bring us back for a second, because I think that. Yes, please. You are. You are so good. Uh, Thank God for you and your lack of ADHD. (laughs) Sometimes I wish I had ADHD. So tired all the time. Anyway. um, Uh, oh, so like if you look historically, um, the Christian violence has almost always been against the, the poor and the other. Um, and I think that we can now include the earth into that mm-hmm. sort of thing because it's, it's yes. defenseless against us, so to speak. Right. Like we can mm-hmm. we can just drill and and then destroy our own environment. Um, and that and, I mean, it's not a stretch to say that evangelicals are very against <laughs> anything green or anything that mm-hmm. talks about climate change, um, violently so. Mm. And uh, like, uh, for instance, uh, there in um, the 1400s, I believe there was this uh, papal bull. This led to the Pre- Protestant Reformation. But basically, pope, I'm sorry, a papal bull. Papal bull is a it's like a um, a statement from the Pope that is authoritative. 
Um, so it's cool. like a, so a papal first word, second word bull. bull yeah, B U L L. Yeah. Cool. A papal bull. Yeah. Papal bull. <laughs> that, that's our new mascot. <laughs> that's actually my um, drag name. Oh, perfect. That's actually no papal my bull. my my WWE name is Papal Bull. It, it does sound a little bit more WWE. That's... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Entering the ring, the papal bull. Sorry, what was this papal bull before I take you away? On oh, no, it's thing? okay. <laughs> so, is this uh, so Pope Leo, who uh, the Pope before him was very frugal, saved up a lot of money. Pope Leo, in the first eight years, spends all of the church's money on his lavish lifestyle, right? So, he's out of money. Now, St. Peter's Basilica needs to be rebuilt, and they don't have any money because he spent it all. So, he does this thing Damn. to raise money in which he says that um, if you, you buy this indulgence, is what it's called. Oh, yeah, the indulgence. Yes, he says if you, you, you buy this, then I absolve you of your sins and restore you to your natural, like, innocent state for, for now and forever as you live. So you can, you can escape purgatory by, oh. by buying, purchasing this bull. So think about that for a second. You have this guy who's uber wealthy, top 1% for sure, uh, runs out of money. He doesn't think to himself, here's, here's another way that we can make money. Here's ways that we can spur on trade. Here's ways that we can help increase the, the wealth of, of everybody around me. He says, he said, how can I gaslight, yes. gatekeep, and girl boss my way Boom. into rebuilding this thing without actually working for and it? And the answer is by, by lying and stealing to the poor. Yeah. Lying to the poor and stealing mm-hmm. from the poor, absolutely. So that's that's what that's what he does. So anyway, my point is that that this sort of like violence fetishist culture of violence, uh, it, it stems way way back. And I think it also, if you look at the history, typically is against people who are uh, who are minorities or or the poor. And it's mm-hmm. it's just it's in every part of history. Like if you read uh, James Cone. Uh, Jamar Tisby, mm-hmm. uh, The Color of Compromise, uh, Crossing the Lynching Tree. They do a really great job of showing that throughout history, the church has been deeply wedded to a culture of violence against uh, racial minorities in, in America. Mm. And it's just like these two things, for people who don't who are thrown off by this idea of an evangelical violence fetish, you have to understand that historically these two things have been deeply wedded together and threaded together with white, white supremacy. So, Mm. and there you have it. Thanks for coming to church, everyone. (laughs) Please don't, please don't leave your tithes here. Take your money with you. I mean, if you want to give me money, it's fine, but (laughs) listen, we're listen. I absolutely advocate for us plugging ourselves and we will be plugging ourselves at the end of the conversation. Never, never you mind. Absolutely. Um, as you were saying, there's a couple of things that like came up um, in my mind as, as you were saying things. The first being about the earth. Yeah. The big, the picture that came to mind was everybody's read the giving tree. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is like, let's exploit the earth because she's happy to give it to us. So not, happy. I'm just like, in one sense, one might say, you know, if, if the earth is conscious, I'm just like, that is because she is all loving. Mm-hmm. That is what a mother is. Mm-hmm. She would, she will never retaliate against her child. Mm-hmm. And so on a metaphysical standpoint, sure, the giving tree is a true depiction. Like, she will never fight back. She will always provide what she can for you yeah. until she can't. Until she can't. Right. And we're just, oh, I guess I could just sit here and then not my fault. Right. And that's where I think it's like whack. That's what I think is just so fucking whack. I'm just like, 
And I think that book in particular just kind of like instills in us uh, the entitled the entitledness of just like oh yeah the earth's happy to do it. There's all of these like small subtle things we were fed throughout our childhood that we don't realize are just really fucking us up. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, like I can remember being in. in Sunday school and learning about like Genesis three where God's like, or two or whatever, God's like, go forth and multiply. It's like the cultural mandate is what, uh, theologians. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and have dominion is the whole thing. Like take over. You're in charge. This thing serves mm-hmm. you. And it's just like, Ooh, that's terrible. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrible. Yeah. Not, a, not as fun as a papal bull. Not as fun a as terrible. a papal bull. Papal bull is super fun. Nobody, nobody knows that. so in your work with folks as like you know you're working either you know helping people pull apart their faith like what's been like the biggest struggle that your folks face that you that you run into like what are the big questions people are still seem to be wrestling with that's a really i think that's a really great question for for uh at least in my practice a lot of people a lot of my content is about uh hell and how uh, it's not there. And uh, so a lot of people I find uh, come to me with questions about hell. It is, it is still a very uh, powerful and pervasive thought pattern in their head that if I, Woo, yes. if I continue to live this way, then where am I going to end up eternally? Never mind like the emphasis throughout the centuries on, on like Christian living, like life right now. It, it wasn't for so long, it wasn't about an eternal residence and insurance plan. That's only like mm-hmm. in the last 200 ish years. Um, for the majority of Christians. That's also so wild to me. I'm just like, we can point to where we got our modern conception yes. of hell. We can point to when that theology came into existence. And we can say, before that, we believed, we, as in our, like, the tradition of Christianity, yeah. believed something different, or at least were debating it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I'm like, so, like, what happened? Somebody just came along, you know, it was like that some white dude, Billy Graham came along. I, I was going to say Billy just Graham. Said, <laughs> fucking Billy Graham just came in and just said, by the way, there's a hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> and, and and where are you going to go when you die? That was such a huge question when I was in youth group growing up. It was like, where, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? That's also like, that was like, that was like evangel- evangelism 101 yep. when they would teach us. Just like, just start with your friends. So if you were, and I did that, I remember like in like seventh grade, I tried to evangelize like a girl that I was friends with who was an atheist and Ooh, I was afraid for her soul. You were, yeah. But I really liked hanging out with her and she was really nice to me. And I, I, I said, Chelsea, if you died tonight, where do you, where do you think you would go? She's like, Kevin, I am not doing this with you. She looked at me and said that to me in seventh grade. Anyways. I mean that's that's the that's the correct response. That's what people should say. But uh, yeah, yeah. But it's it's an engaging question, right? Because it's like we all have what some, are the questions exactly? Some we have some fear of death, like all of us do, and on some level. Mm-hmm. And so like the idea of what happens to us when we die is a it's a very engaging idea. Like it's something that sparks mm-hmm. our curiosity. And so I think that like you know around the turn of the century, nineteen uh, hundreds, early late eighteen hundreds, Christians, uh, there's this ev- evangelical fundamentalist movement. Um, countering a more progressive movement as well. Um, mm-hmm. But what they learned is the tactics of manipula- mass manipulation, where if you mm-hmm. can ask a huge crowd where they're going when they die, you suddenly have all of their attention, and then you can steer them in the, the way that you want to go. And so this emphasis on like 
where are you going to go when you die and what it's going to be like when you die. And um, all of this is very, um, it's something that's very deeply steeped in, in white American evangelical culture today. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it directly stems out of that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the work, I, like it's the same thing over here is like, I don't believe in hell anymore, but I'm afraid I'm going there. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And I'm like, um, A Course in Miracles, which is like the text I fucking love with all my soul, Hmm. says that basically just like all of your problems stem from this belief that you are separate from God because you are on Hmm. some level afraid of God because you Hmm. think God is angry. Yeah. And it's just like who, I'm like, even the God that we're all angry with or the false God or that, you know, the white, white male God, white Jesus that Mm -hmm. we're all mad with. I'm like, there's a part of me. I'm just like, when I recognized that that person as an entity was not real in the way that I believed it was. Yes. Meaning God is not a personality out there in space, just looking, like seeing you when you're sleeping and knowing when you're awake. Mm-hmm. And don't masturbate because he's watching. Oh my God. How many <laughs> jokes about the second coming can we make? <laughs> That's my favorite masturbation joke. It's just like, it's like you, you want to know how crazy it is to like be like, you know, worried about the second coming while you're jacking off. Yeah. Well, no, no wonder he's mad. He's only had one, so. I know. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if you think that's who God is, it's just like, what's really frustrating, I think, for a lot of us is that we're mad and there's nowhere to direct that anger anymore. There's yeah. nothing to direct that anger onto. And so what happened, what I tell a lot of people says is, you're mad at God. I'm just like, I think, and bear with me, it's like, I think you're mad at yourself on some level. You're mad yes. that you got fooled for so long. You're mad that you were so gullible. And now it's like you're shaming yourself for being, quote unquote, so stupid. That's what I say to myself. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm just like, it's not your fault. Yeah. Especially for those of us, like a lot of it, we're when you're raised from a baby and they told you that this is how the world works and this is how God works and this is who Jesus is, of course you're going to get fooled. We were lied to. Yes, yes. We were lied to. Absolutely. That's something that I, I talk about a lot in my practice is undoing the condition, the years of conditioning that, that people have, have uh, that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of mindfulness. It takes a lot of meditation because those neural pathways of thinking in that way have, are mm-hmm. so deeply ingrained in you. They're so uh, well-paved roads, right, um, in right. your brain. What you have to do is you have to do the work of laying new track. You have to do uh, new new road construction. And what that what that uh, what that takes is a lot of like active meditation on what you now think is true, um, mm. in order to combat that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, what I would say. This is something I employ. Feel free to steal this if you want to. <laughs> I no longer look for... If I could give everybody this one thing, stop looking for what is true. Start looking mm-hmm. for what is helpful. And That's by helpful, good. I mean, does this thought, this pattern, this belief, this habit, what does it do for me? Does it fill me with joy? Yeah. Does it keep me at the center of myself? Does it bring a sense of lightness to me? Does it release me from shame? Or does it do the opposite? Right. Does it bring me closer to fear? Does it bring me a sense of closedness? Does it bring a sense of collapse or like constriction to my body? And when you can just note that, I'm just like, well, and I just want to say, I'm just like, 
If it is guilt, it means you're doing something wrong and maybe you should stop doing it. If you, if you feel ashamed, one of two things is happening. You're doing something that you should be ashamed of, truly, and then maybe yeah. you should stop doing it. <laughs> but oftentimes, that's just a, that's, that's a, it's a, what is it, a false positive? It's like, it's, it's, you're yeah. programming. So Absolutely. Like just, you're given like, the standard of when you should feel shame, but the standard itself is, is a lie. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Man, we could re- listen. I feel like you and me could like <laughs> do some good, get into some good trouble out here. Absolutely. I mean, you got the weed, so let's go. You know, <laughs> girl, come on down. Uh, here's my thing. There was um, this is I almost said this is off the record, but then I realized this is my podcast. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could edit it out, I guess. But <laughs> oh yeah, but I won't because right. I don't. Because a, I don't have. I mean, I here's the deal. Um. I'm getting to the place where I can hire my podcast editor back, but until I get to that point, I'd, yeah, I'm just <laughs> there's very little in. editing going on. Yeah, right. very little editing. <laughs> um, but this is also, I think, what makes these kind of conversations the most fun. Is like I don't want to be so buttoned up all the time, and I also don't want to shy away right. from the fact that I do mushrooms sometimes. Okay, people, <laughs> mushrooms are great. And the mushrooms story I have, oh my god, amen. The story <laughs> I have specifically is I took like five of. Five straight, you know, post-Christian ex-evangelical friends. We went on a trip. And I'm like, hey, I'll bring some shrooms down if y'all want to, like, do a little tripsy trip. And (laughs) they, you know, of course, like, I'm over here. Like, I took, like, three grams. I'm feeling great. I'm having a good Mm -hmm. time. And they were like, oh, I just want to take, like, maybe, like, half a gram. I'm like, that's it? Not even, like, a full gram? Got to do a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) And, t- and when I tell you the placebo effect on these boys, they, <laughs> I'm just like, y'all have never done, like y'all survive on like, you know, white bread and white bread and, and, yep. and Starbucks. What's going on? Like, I don't know. What's going on? PSA. Because they were having the time of their life. They were one with the universe. <laughs> they were blissed out. I'm just like, y'all should microdose all the time. Absolutely. If this, I if this re- is highly recommend microdosing. Yeah. Um, for those of you who um, are curious about those things, you could come to my workshop this weekend. Ooh, tell us about it. Uh, I mean, uh, this podcast actually isn't going to be coming up for oh, a couple damn, weeks. Oh, never mind. So. I was trying to set you up. I know. <laughs> um, no, I already have like the pre-recorded advertisements that I've been putting out oh, there. Okay. So, meh, whatever. <laughs> but um, this summer, actually, I'll talk about it later with you after we get off because I am excited about it. I don't want to spend time spamming people with my programs because yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's a, it's a, this is also and like that's a hard line for me. I'm just like being on social media where it's like I love the social aspect of it and just like here's a picture of me and my dog and my friends and we're just like living life. Like I miss that like the version like, when Instagram could be bad, you mm-hmm. know, when mm-hmm. like as a, I, I was allowed to make stupid social media. Right. And now it, <laughs> now I feel like I'm not allowed to do that. I have to use social media and like you every single person should be be professional like it has to be about the thing it's all it needs to be like pointing people towards blah blah i'm like yeah sometimes i want to do a silly tiktok dance i want to yeah. do dance i mean dancing's fun <laughs> i grew up southern baptist so i actually can't dance but oh, from what no. i hear so so fun <laughs> another reason that i um i'm incorporating movement work into hmm. some of my programming Nice. And so people who are uncomfortable with moving their bodies and shaking their ass for the sake of feeling good, hmm. 
Let me tell you what, like there is, it sounds so silly, but like, and then I did it and then it wasn't. I was like, oh, like. It's very freeing. Yeah. It's very freeing. And like. I had a. I had a coworker who just would dance all the time and she would just be like, you're dancing with me. You're dancing with me. And, and I was like, but as like, as I w- w- warmed up and got into it, I was like, yeah, I, this does feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, I mean, what's very interesting is it's like every human can do it. Like yeah. babies do it. Yeah. Babies naturally just move. Like when the, when the air sounds so good because of the vibe, that's what music does. It makes the air sound good. Yeah. That's it's, weird. It's mind blowing. Yeah. But just like the air sounds so good that you just move to it. Like that's magical. Yeah. And something wants to be expressed deep, deep within. And so many of us like are told like the only dancing we ever did was like those weird, like, we're going to stand in a circle one feet apart from everybody and we're listening to Lecrae. Right, right. Which is not, not and boogie you and better, music. You had better not move your hips because if you do, you will get pregnant. No, yeah. Like, if you could break dance, like, you could do that. If you could do mm-hmm. the worm, you could do that. Mm-hmm. That um, was me. I could do the worm. <laughs> yeah, you could. Can you yeah. still do the worm or is that I out of our still. practice now? I did that. Uh, so same same coworker. I was like, I can do the worm. She's like, No, you can't. So then, like, at, at random points in the day, I would just worm past her workspace. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and it was kind of like, it was funny, but for me, it was more like, I can still do this. This is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I still absolutely. Got it. I still got it. Um, when um. Do you got any? Do you got any projects coming up? Anything that you are up to, dreaming up? Let, what, good, tell tell the people. That's a great question. So uh, I love it when people ask me this because right now I'm working on a book on hell, and yay, the, right. The idea of it is that like I, I want the chapters to be 15 minutes max for you to read. So it'll it'll take you mm. 15 minutes to just read one chapter. And it's, it's short, it's like seven chapters, and it's an overview of like the critical scholarship regarding hell and why it is that people don't believe in hell and why it is that you don't have to. Um, uh, so yes. it's, it's, it's going to be, it's, gonna be, it's like for the social media age. Like I thought about calling it like TLDR because that's, that's kind of what it is. It's, it's yeah, very like a TLDR short. on hell. Yes, very digestible. Ooh, I like this, but still gives you the 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 reasons like why people don't believe in this anymore, and why it is that you don't have to believe it anymore. But has like footnotes and stuff for the nerds who want to read more. So Ooh. that's that's what I'm working on. You need to brand that into a series, like TLDR. Yes. Oh, and oh my god, sorry. In my brain, I'm like, oh go, go, goodness, go. there's there's actually a lot. You could do TLDR purity culture, have somebody else absolutely, do it, you know, or TLDR queer and biblical theology, queer theology, exactly. TLDR black liberation theology, and have yes. oh my god, there's a whole bunch of series we can start writing, and then people can just like, oh my god, let me get the whole TLDR collection. Uh, did we just exactly. come up with a great collab? No, dude, this is exactly what I've been thinking about. I really like. I thought if I write this book and it does well, I want to invite other deconstructing like content creators to mm. to write a TLDR for their topic because then mm-hmm. then it's like this it's that because it's not just me it's like this whole 
community of people out here. This is one thing that I love about TikTok so much is that you mm -hmm. are exposed to so many people who had similar upbringings like you, but deconstructed in, in different ways. Mm -hmm. And they've sort of become niche experts in these sort of different mm -hmm. facets of deconstruction. And it's like, I, like I'm super interested in hell. I've, I've done all the research, and and it's so fun for me. But somebody else is like like, like yourself is interested in like queer theology, queer and inclusive theology. That mm -hmm. would be amazing for people to have a resource mm -hmm. that they could just a digestible resource um, yeah. that they could just read for 15 minutes on on a day and, and get what they and, need out of it. And if you want to take it a step further, and all of you people out there, take notes and also copy us, but don't call it TLDR. We will come for you. <laughs> That's right. Do it for whatever community you're working in. Um, but like you put that on, like I know a lot of my people, like reading is really hard. Putting something on Audible mm -hmm. is so simple these days. Yes, yes. And so it's like you make it accessible there. You put it on or just like any sort of like audio platform or even just having as a downloadable MP3. Right, right. So huh. easy, so easy. Well, and well, think about it. So I, I Googled this. Like the average adult reads at like 230-ish words a minute. So that means for a 15-minute chapter, you're looking at like 1,500 words, 3,000 words. I mean, so that's not very long. You could listen to this episode of like one chapter for 15 minutes and, and get what you needed out of mm -hmm. it. And that's your commute to work. And that's that's where like you, you just you got all the info you needed just on your 15 minutes to work. I think it's I, I like this idea a lot. So, <laughs> oh, Josh, Josh, we so be on the lookout for TLDR on hell. Mm -hmm. TLDR, um, tr you know, trans identity, TLDR. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have so much fun. Hell yeah, we're man! So much fun. Um, please, if you wouldn't mind, tell people where they can connect with you and hire you and give you monies, etc. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, you can. Everything's found in my uh, bio on TikTok. Uh, my handle is at the local heretic, all one word. Obviously, it's a handle. I'm not sure why I said that. Anyway, um, at the local heretic, and uh, my practice is called Vivant Coaching, um, and it's just VivantLifeCoaching.com. V-I-V-A-N-T LifeCoaching.com. So you can find all the information Sick, there. Nasty, bro. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's it for us. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of A Tiny Revolution. Go take your meds and um, drink your water and. I love you. And do mushrooms. Okay, bye. Yeah. With, um, and unless you're somebody who like is prone to um, psychosis, you and know. Then don't do it. Yeah, because I don't want you to go into a psychotic break. Um, it wouldn't be good. That's for free. That's the free. <laughs> God, this, we are literally what your youth pastor warned you about, okay? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Just for the record, I want to say that um, this is not a therapy podcast. This is not a medical podcast and any sort of suggestions to do any sort of uh, schedule one drugs um, is not official advice. And you should seek medical uh, advice before doing anything on that level. Um, for legal purposes, I want to say that. <laughs> Anyways, um, Josh Kaiser, everybody. Woo! Like you said, you can follow him across the internet at The Local Heretic, especially on TikTok. That's where he lives and breathes and has his being. And also hire him. If you're somebody out there who you need a helping hand through life right now, he could be your coach. Or maybe I'm your coach. 
If you're somebody who out there who is deconstructing your faith and you need some one-to-one attention to really undo some of the bullshit, then I want you to talk to me. I've got four more one-to-one spots open and I'm beginning to open up applications for the false uh, spiritual recovery cohort, which is beginning the first week of September. If that's interesting to you, go to my link in bio, join the waitlist, and you'll get early access to the applications and scheduling for that. I love you. I hope you're doing good. Um, and if, uh, on uh, you know, as per usual, if you like the show, please go ahead and rate it five stars and share it with a friend. And if you like me, please follow me at the Kevin Garcia across social media. My first book is called Bad Theology Kills. It's at badtheologykills.com. And my second book, which is called What Makes You Bloom, is available for pre-order now. Please go do that because it's so good. Um, I love you so much. Please take your meds, call your person, shake your ass a little bit, eat something delicious, drink some water, move your body in a way that feels good, and tell yourself that you love yourself, okay? I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.